Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Uh, this is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church, located here in the South Bronx, uh, New York City. Um, I want to talk to you today about how scripture says that the greatest revival that the church has ever seen is actually not coming. Uh, it's not coming. Um, but we could wrestle with this idea and this thought. Um, so having differing views concerning this, is the beauty of being being Christian and in the body of Christ. We could defer on non-salvational topics. Eschatology is not the means by which someone is saved. Um, salvation is based on Christ alone, through faith alone, by grace alone. In believing in the efficacy of Christ's work on the cross as the only means for salvation. All right, so... Um, Deferring views on anything else outside of the centrality of the cross is obsolete. It doesn't affect one's salvation, which is why I love exploring topics uh, like these. Um, just to um, extrapolate various Bible verses and just kind of dig into the scriptures. I love higher criticism. Higher criticism is a school of thought. Uh, many of you wonder, where's my line of thinking? Um, I am absolutely an avid student of what is called higher criticism, which is not criticizing. But those of you from Bible school know that higher criticism is a school of thought. I thoroughly look at verses and the etymology of verses and words, con context, and and, uh, and try to reason uh, reason from a kingdom perspective as opposed to a American evangelical one. So I'm not an American Christian. That stuff turns me off. I'm a kingdom citizen. You see what I'm saying? I happen to be within the American church. All right. So I'm not an American fundamentalist, but I do believe in Christian orthodoxy. All right. But some of those uh, tenets to the Apostles' Creed, I challenge some of those things. 
all right? Because included in the original Apostles' Creed was we believe in the Holy Roman Catholic Church. I do not believe in the Holy Roman Catholic Church. I think it's a false church, all right? But that was included and that is included in the Apostles' Creed, all right? So, all right. So with that being said, um, I want to talk to you today about uh, we're going to go over some Bible verses. So get your Bible ready. And as I throw out the verses, throw it in the room. Um, I've been saved since 1992. Um, got saved while serving nine years in a maximum security prison. Jesus Christ came in my cell and told me to follow him. I got born again in prison, and um, which lends to the cadence of my personality. Uh, and I've been on fire for God since, since that time. All right. Um, after many years later, I did 75% of, I didn't do the full nine years. I did 75% of my nine year prison sentence and I came home, um, and I've been serving the Lord since, since 1992, uh, my, uh, introduction to the Christian faith or American Christianity. Um, there've been many crises. Each crisis, um, has produced a plethora of pro prophetic voices all saying the same thing from the very beginning all i've heard is the greatest revival that the world has ever seen is coming and each of these prophetic voices um, have used the current crisis and the climate of those times and seasons of that time when which the crisis happened to say that god was going to use that to bring the greatest revival that the world has ever seen they have all been wrong they have all been wrong, even leading up to 9-11. I was there when 9-11 happened. I was 30 blocks away when the Twin Towers fell. I was down there. I remember exactly what happened. It looked like an apocalypse. I'm not going to lie. Um, and from that time, many prophetic voices have, have said um, that 9-11 would be the catalyst for the introduction of the greatest revival that the church had ever seen and that churches would be packed out. The churches didn't pack out. The churches did not pack out. Um, the greatest revival had, had not happened with that crisis. And then we had a couple of years after that, um, a consistent, um, uh, consistent hurricanes that had, that had ravaged the U.S all in the same time. You know, we had about three hurricanes, Katrina, uh, you know, Isaiah, no, not Isaiah, um, Isaac, Hurricane Isaac, um, and Hurricane Sandy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then another group of prophets, many of them the same ones, but many new ones, began to say the same thing, that God was trying to get our attention, which that I did believe and that this would be the catalyst of the greatest revival that the church had ever seen. They were wrong. Fast forwarding, here we are again. Now we're dealing with a couple of years ago, we had a minor Great Depression uh, in, the, in the banking systems and, and the prophetic voices rose up and said it again. And now here we are, and now here we are uh, in another crisis. And they're saying, they're saying the same thing. Okay, let's get into the word. First Thessalonians chapter five speaks about that in the last days, 
there would be a great falling away. And then it goes on to say that the falling away would be so great that God would give them over to a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. That's Bible. The Bible says in the end time, there would be a great falling away. That word falling away is apostos, apostos, which we get the word apostasy. But the Bible is very clear. It says that there would be a great falling away, a falling away of the faith, a great apostasy of the faith. All right. And then it goes on to share a bunch of other verses. And then it goes on to say that God, because they were not lovers of truth, God gave them over to a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. All right, let's leave it there. First Timothy chapter four, verse one, goes a little bit further and says, in the last days, many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of demons. Now this one is, a little bit, a little bit more isolated, uh, eisegesis, because it actually says the last days, and it says many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of demons. All right, let's go a step further. Matthew twenty-four says that. Many will kill you in my name, supposing that they're offering God's service. So the in my name clause or reference in the text is letting us know that this group will be Christian, Christians killing Christians. And one of them will be doing it in Jesus name uh, with good intentions, but they're going to be absolutely deluded and deceived or warped. I would say warp. Warp in their worldview is a lot better because uh, sometimes people's intent, sometimes believers' intentions are good because that's all they know. Matthew 25 actually says and gives us a description on the time of what would be happening on the earth when we hear the voice of the bridegroom. And it says this at midnight. There was a voice crying out to the virgins, come up and meet me. And those who had oil trimmed their lamp and they went to go meet him. The unique thing about the verse is it, that it doesn't say at dawn there was a voice. It doesn't even say at noonday there was a voice. It actually says, and it's letting us know, it says at midnight. Now, if you think that Jesus was referring to midnight within the 24 hour scale, then you missed it because then when is midnight? Because when it's midnight here, it's noonday in New Zealand. So when is the mid, when is the midnight? The midnight doesn't mean a time, but the midnight means a state, a state of being an environmental state, spiritual, a spiritual condition. Why? Midnight means the darkest moment of the day. Midnight. The Bible also says in John chapter 8, Jesus said, 
I must work while it is day, for the night is coming when no man can work. Wait a second. Watch this. At the midnight, the Bible says all of the virgins were sleeping. You can't have revival if we're sleeping. You're not ready for this revelation, y'all, because we're some good evangelicals, good American evangelicals. The verse says, at midnight, all the virgins were sleeping, which means at nighttime, there's no working. And then they heard, they all heard the voice and woke up. And guess what? Some had oil and others did not. 10, 10 virgins, five from 10 is half. Half the church doesn't go to heaven. There's no way around it. 10 from five, five, five wise make it. Five is from 10 is half. Half the church makes it. The other half does not. The other, the other half goes to hell. Outer darkness, hell. That's where the foolish virgins ended up in outer darkness. Okay. The text says that all the virgins fell asleep. And it also says they fell asleep because it was midnight. It was the darkest hour. So had it said the voice of the bridegroom would have been at midday during the day, then watch this. Then he would have caught or came when the virgins were working. But the coming of the son of man was in the night when they were sleeping. And it was when they were sleeping at the precise darkest moment, midnight. So what am I proposing here? Where are we getting this stuff from? Joel chapter two? Joel chapter two is fulfilled in Acts chapter two because Peter says at the day of Pentecost, this is that which Joel talked about. So we can't say Joel chapter two is in re referring to the greatest revival that the world has ever seen for the greatest revival that the world has ever seen was initiated on the day of Pentecost. So when, so when prophetic voices say the greatest revival is coming, where are they getting that from? Scripture doesn't say that. Are we getting that from sola scriptura? Or are we getting that from prophetic American idealism? Well, obviously, if you're an American, you want to prophesy good things. You live here. What does the Bible say? What does sola scriptura say? What does it say? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, it doesn't even allude to that. Who are the people saying this? The people that have been idealistic because they live here and it's mixed with a measure of patriotism. It's prophetic patriotism. And I ain't mad at that because I'm Boricua and I'm gonna always speak good on the behalf of my Latino people, even when they're wrong. Patriotism is not wrong in and of itself. Patriotism that ends up in idolatry. Okay, now we're talking where it could be sinful. Where are we getting these prophetic utterances from? They're not coming from scripture. They're not, they're not. They're coming from, they're coming from, give me a second. No, it's okay, it's okay. Let me know, you ready? Yeah, I'll take it right Oh, okay, now. all right, all right, give me a second.
All right, guys, give me a second. Let me just uh, hand my car off to, let me hand my car off to this guy. And I want you to throw it in the chat room. Let's, let's wrestle with, let's wrestle and extrapolate Bible verses. Yeah, there's no wrong answer here, guys. All right, it's a matter of perspective and cultural context. That's all it is. It's not false prophecy. It's goodwill prophecy. There's a difference. Goodwill prophecy means you're speaking on the 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 empowerment and the betterment of your of your of the social conditions of where you're living living in. You see what I'm saying? So that's not inherently wrong. We all we all do it. You know. You know, that's why I get I get frustrated with people, you know, bashing America, then move out of here. All right. Let me tell you something. I love Puerto Rico. I don't want to live in Puerto Rico. I, I want to live in Puerto Rico. I love Puerto Rico. I don't want to live there. I'm not trying to live there. All right. So I understand. I understand uh, um, prophetic idealism. I, I get it. I get it. You know, I'm going to prophesy good to America. I'm, I'm prophesying that America get corrected and fix their hypocrisy, but I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, we're all hypocrites. You know, you know, I got a, I got a log in my own eye. I got a big log. I got a bunch of logs in my eyes and that's real talk. So who am I to call out specs? And I got logs in this, in this big eye. Uh, oh snap. Crazy, right? It's logs right behind me. Look at all these logs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yo, this gotta be prophetic, man. This gotta be prophetic. So then you're saying, then what is really gonna happen? Let me tell you what's gonna happen. The greatest awakening that the world has ever seen is coming, not the greatest revival. Scripture does not say the greatest revival. Actually, the Bible says the greatest apostasy is coming. The greatest apostasy is what's coming, but the greatest awakening, the greatest awakening that the church has ever seen is on its way and potentially beginning. There's a big difference between awakening and revival. I was awakened. You want to know why? Because during this pandemic, I made peace with all of my enemies, all of my preacher friends. I made the initial call. That wasn't revival, that was an awakening. You wanna know why I did it? Because I was scared I was gonna go to hell and die from COVID-19. And I got my butt right. I wasn't living in sin. I haven't been living in sin. So during this pandemic, I went back to preaching the gospel and I've gotten away from deliverance so much. Now I'm still doing deliverance. You better believe that, I'm still casting up. But deliverance is not the main message. I went back to preaching the gospel. Preaching the teachings of Jesus, that's awakening. That is awakening. The greatest revival is not coming. The greatest awakening that the church has ever seen is coming. Preachers that normally would not talk to each other are now on Zoom together talking and dialoguing. That's awakening. That's awakening. That's not revival. Let me tell you something. Nobody's getting saved through Zoom virtual conference. Let's be honest. Nobody's getting saved in these Zoom conferences. And I've done Zoom conferences. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting saved in these in these Zoom conferences. Don't sit here and say people are getting saved. No, they're not. Because sinners don't watch Christian Zoom virtual conferences. Christians watch, watch other Christians, not sinners. I've been preaching the gospel since March. 
the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The apostles have returned back to preaching the parables, the teachings of Christ, and getting away from this shift nonsense. We done preach shift enough. Shift, we, we, we done shift them out. Okay, amen. We did the shifting. We did the dimensions thing. We did all, amen, amen. We're going to do that. We, we did that enough. Now we're going back to preaching sola scriptura, where the Bible is the sole authority for all faith and conduct, where the primary mission of every apostle was not deliverance and shifting and spiritual sonship. No, the apostles were persecuted for the mobilization of the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. What we are seeing is not the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. We need to stop saying that. The Bible talks about, the Bible doesn't even substantiate that, nor even alludes to that. It talks about the greatest falling away and the greatest apostasy is coming. But what we will see will be the greatest awakening. You want a scripture reference? The virgins woke up from their sleep. The virgins didn't wake up to revival. The virgins woke up from sleeping and trimmed their lamps. The virgins woke up from sleeping and all of them were sleeping, even the foolish ones, even the ones that had oil were all sleeping and they heard the voice of the bridegroom and they woke up, they woke up, they woke up. And when did that happen? At midnight. The Bible doesn't say that the voice of the bridegroom was heard in the dawn or in the noonday. It says at midnight, at midnight, there was a cry, the voice of the bridegroom and said to the virgins, come here, come here. And what happened? All of the virgins woke up and did what? Awakening. They awake, they awaken from sleeping. When? When, when is this going to happen? At midnight. Midnight means at the darkest hour of the day, which means when we hear the voice, it will be at the darkest hour. No revival there. There's no revival there. It says at midnight. And John chapter 8 says, I must work the works of him while it is called day. For the night is coming when no man can work. Jesus is letting us know that at night, there is no working. Hence is the reason why the virgins were all sleeping, even the ones that had oil. Which means when Jesus come, there will be no having church. There will be no having, there will be none of that. There will be none of that. It will be the darkest time that the world has ever seen, the greatest falling away. Many giving heed to seducing spirits and to doctrines of demons. So let me freely say that the greatest revival that the world has ever seen is not coming. We are living in the greatest revival that the world has ever seen right now. Since Acts chapter two, what is coming is the greatest awakening that the church has ever seen. Because the virgins will wake up from sleep. They, they will wake up and they'll trim their lamp. And watch this, and they will not be having revival. They'll be too busy trying to find the bridegroom. They'd be too busy trying to meet the bridegroom, not go have church. When the virgins wake up and they trim their lamp, they go on a journey to go where the bridegroom is. No having church there. And we know that there's no having revival there because there's no giving of oil during that time. Because the, there will be no fresh glory and impartation in that season. We know that because the, the wise virgin says, I can't give you my oil. 
Revival is giving of oil. So if the, if the wise virgins say to the foolish ones, I can't give you my oil, that means that will be a season of no importation, which means I'm not giving you what I got, baby. I, I ain't got no time to give this to you. Go buy, go buy oil. I'm going to go meet the bridegroom. You know what's crazy? Is that the foolish virgins got oil. They ended up getting oil. They finally got to the party. And you know what happened? The door was closed. That means they went from revival to hell. Oh, don't play with me, man. Don't play with me, man. I'm giving you sola scriptura. I'm extrapolating the text. They got the oil. The foolish virgins got the oil. They finally made it to the, they finally made it to the, to the, to the wedding reception. And when they got there, the Bible says that the host said, I don't know you and closed the door. They closed the door. You know what that means? They got oil for nothing because they never made it in. They never made it with all that oil, with all that oil. You know, you're oily, man of God. You're oily, woman of God. And with all that oil, the door was closed. And they ended up in hell. Half the church doesn't make it. Half become awakened. You want, to, you want me to end with kingdom mathematics? Ten virgins. Five from ten is half. Five from ten is what? You got ten virgins. Five were what? Foolish. Five minus, ten minus five is what? Five. What is five from ten? Half. Half the, half the church goes to hell with oil. You're not ready for me, man. You're not ready for this apostle. You're not ready for this apostle from the Bronx. This, this, revel, this is the revelation that God gives us Bronx, New York apostles. We real about that life out here. God gives us real revelation out here. I don't know about nowhere else, but in the Bronx, the apostolic grace for the anointing of teaching and insight, straight real. It's organic out here. God speaks to us apostles out here in New York City. Half the church with oil don't make it because the foolish virgins ends up getting oil and they finally got to the reception and they still didn't make it. So they went to hell with oil and that's Bible. That's Bible. That's, that's scripture. That's, that's, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to test, I want you to test what I'm saying. Be a good Berean and test what I'm saying. Test it. Test what the Holy Ghost is saying right now. I want you to test it. Be a good Berean and test it. So wh where is this coming from? I think it's prophetic, the American prophetic dream. You know that there's two dreams, right? There's the American dream, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm living the American dream. I, I, I this convict bought a house. I'm a, I'm a two-time convict, two-time felon, and I still, I'm living the American dream. I was able to break all of that through Jesus, right? So there's a measure of patriotism that I do adhere to, because if I didn't like it here, I'd move out of the U.S. I love living here. Right? So obviously I'm going to speak well of America. It's a hypocrite, but I'm going to still speak well. And then there is the American prophetic dream. Haven't you noticed that the only real prophets saying that the greatest revival that the world has ever seen are my white brothers? And haven't you noticed that in the middle of all those prophetic words, not one thing about us brown and black. All I want is a crumb. 
I don't want the whole loaf. You mean to tell me in all these prophecies, God has nothing to say about us brown and God ain't got nothing to say in all of that of what's coming. We're nowhere in there. I just want a crumb. The Syrophoenician just wants a crumb. I just want to, we just want a crumb. We just want a crumb. We don't want the whole loaf. I just want a crumb that, I just want a prophetic crumb. Can you just give me a prophetic crumb? Just a little, just in the midst of all of this, what God is doing in America, can, can, can you please just give me a little crumb? of what God might be saying about us, not just what God is saying about you and your white house, but about us, just a crumb. I just want a crumb, N not even a crumb, nothing. Heaven is not speaking about us in all of that. All of them prophetic utterances, nothing about, so, so, my heart's cry is the Syrophoenician. I just want a crumb that falls from the master's table. Catch the word play. I just want a crumb that falls from the master's table. The, not the master's table. The master's table. I just want a crumb that falls from the master's table. You still don't know the, the wordplay that I'm doing. You don't know the wordplay of master? If you thought Jesus, you missed it from the master. Whoosh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, master. From the masters. We just, from the masters to my white prophets, we just want a crumb that falls from the masters Whoosh. table. We just want a crumb. We just want a crumb. Drop my own mic because you guys won't drop it for me. My name is Alexander Pagani, real apostle out here from the Bronx, New York City. Lead pastor of Amazing Church, located in the South Bronx. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, Sears Ministry Writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.